Thank you for tuning in to the Queer Stories of Q's podcast. Welcome, and thank you for allowing me the chance to interview you. Appreciate taking your time out of your schedule. Um, just as a formal reintroduction, um, my name is Rio Flores. I'm a senior and currently one of the research assistants for the LGBTQ Research Center. Um, we're essentially just creating a oral history archive for the, um, and it just consists of interviews with folks within the community. And just to make sure that queer history is like recorded in some way that isn't written. There's different forms of history that we save in the archives. Um, so I guess um, you could, if you can state your name and your pronouns, and if you don't want to share your name, you could just say anonymous as well. All right, yeah, sure. Um, so my name is Azarius Williams um, and my pronouns are he, him, his. Um, and can you tell me uh, where you was born and how like, um it was when you was like growing up yeah for sure so I was born in uh Fort Lauderdale Florida born and raised um in Broward County I, I like to say Broward County because we kind of bounced around a bit you know I didn't yeah. stay in Fort Lauderdale we kind of moved around um to different neighborhoods within Broward County um so I like to just say I'm a Broward Broward boy you know y'all know that um, <laughs> so that, that's what I rep uh but yeah I was I was born and raised there um, and growing up, I would say, um, you know, my experiences were kind of challenging because, you know, I was, you know, born in a family, uh, raised, you know, of, of I'm a child of four, you know, on my mom's side and uh, raised by a single parent. Um, so it was just my mom and us, you know, so that presented its own kind of difficulties and challenges, mm-hmm. um, you know, so we definitely had our struggles um, growing up, you know, in terms of like, uh, you know, making sure she, she would work, you know, sometimes multiple jobs yeah. to make sure that ends with me, you know, um, so that was, that was its own kind of challenge there, you know, kind of dealing with poverty, um, uh, and, and things like that. Uh, and I would say in terms of, you know, schooling, you know, I think for me, I experienced a lot of like, uh, confusion growing up, you know, because I felt like I was yeah. like uh, having to kind of perform this gender that I wasn't, you know what I mean? And kind of yeah. having to show up as somebody that didn't feel authentic to me, you know, so I felt out of place in a lot of situations, um, you know, socially um, and things like that. Uh, because, you know, for me, I was like, you know, when I was very young, I used to just hang around with all the boys and things like that. And, you know, I used to, I was like a tomboy, quote unquote, right? So, mm-hmm. um always kind of like modeling myself after my older brother you know that's what my mom would say like oh you're like a tay jr that's his name um you know and, and for me he was the first kind of real like um male i guess role model that i had in my life you know and then and, and since he was older right it was like i was kind of looking at him to kind of figure out okay you know you know i don't feel comfortable in 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 this kind of um um identity that's kind of being put on me but, you know, here's something that I can kind of explore. So I remember, <laughs> I'm laughing because I used to be like, I used to like sneak and like try to use his like cologne and like, his like so it's just like, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. like, you know, I just think like growing up, like 
I was definitely trying to figure out um, what was, you know, who I was, you know, and I think that was really challenging, especially when I didn't have, you know, um, anyone that really went through what I went through, you know, yeah. and, like, and it was experiencing some of the, the questioning that I was um, as well. So, so that was kind of a difficult terrain to navigate because on one hand, you know, I'm navigating like, um, you know, poverty and, 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 you know, kind of like not having, you know, what we need, you know what I mean? Yeah. And on the other hand, I'm questioning identity, right? And like, who am I, you know what I mean? And, and, and who am I within this world, you know? Um, so there was a lot going on, I would say, like when I was growing up um, on all of those fronts, you know, and, and just like trying to really figure out my identity. And I think even though I was still having those questions of gender, I felt like I was kind of like, just kind of put, like I was read as queer already, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because I wasn't um, presenting, um, you know, in a normative, gender normative fashion, you know, so I was already read as, you know, as like a, yeah. a, a lesbian or whatever. Um, so it was a lot that I was trying to figure out growing up, I think. Yeah. And um, I think you, I can mentioned it also, like when we're children and when we're younger, you know, there also isn't like um, the language or like just like the understanding of what things are. Um, and like, you know, we grew up, um, I guess, like with like similar thoughts about gender. And I feel like, but just different spaces and, you know, like just environments that you're in uh, limits, I guess, your understanding of freedom to like understand like who you are or, you know, why, why were you having like specific thoughts or, you know, like why were you uncomfortable? and stuff like that. So um, I think just on that similar terms, um, when we talked about, I guess, your experience, was there like specific moments you felt like growing up um, that you started to become like, at ter like with terms with your sexuality or like with your gender specifically, your gender identities? And like, was there, you know, just how was it, you know, was there like a specific moment when you're like, okay, yes, and, you know, maybe I'll do this, this and that, or like, you know, how was it, I guess, to Yeah, yeah I think like, I remember as early as like elementary school having some of these like thoughts and feelings, you know, and like, I, I guess I'll speak on two fronts, I'll speak on sexuality and I'll speak on gender as well. I think like, with sexuality, like, I was feeling like the pressure to be straight, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and like have a boyfriend, you know, it's elementary school, but they're not, <laughs> yeah. you know, <clears throat> but, you know, still have your little, you know, like kindergarten boyfriend, whatever. And I actually did. I had like a, I had like a, a boyfriend from like <clears throat> kindergarten to like fifth grade. It was like on and off um, kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, I had that. And it was interesting because like, I, I had that happening and like I experienced my first like real at the time I didn't know this is what it was right but I experienced my first I guess kind of like real feelings for um a girl right mm -hmm. um, during that time um and it was one of my close friends that I was I was uh friends with and I like really really liked her right but I didn't I never told her anything like that that I liked her um because I was like trying to fit that you know kind of mode of um being straight and things like that and I had that the, the boyfriend who they were like close friends as well so I was like yeah you know? um 
but yeah, so I experienced my first real crush on a girl. And I don't think I realized that's what was happening until years later when I finally accepted, oh, you know what I mean? Like there was yeah. silence all along, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's what was happening. Um, and then as I got into middle school, I think I was starting to have those like realizations like, okay, like I'm not really comfortable with presenting myself in, a, in this particular way that's expected of me. Um, and I'm also having these, you know, feelings for, uh, for women. Um, and I'm, I don't really, I, I was just kind of like trying to wrap my head around that. Um, so sixth grade was kind of a year of confusion for me as well. Um, but then I think like, I think I went through a period of denial, you know, where it's like, yeah. I really don't want to accept that this is what's happening. Um, so really it was like kind of a drastic sh like uh, switch for me going into seventh and seventh grade. Um, seventh grade, I would say was the year where I was really trying to be somebody I'm not, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I it's know. like, you know, like that was really the year where I was trying to fit in and trying to, you know, like um, present myself as, as someone who would be accepted, you know, by others. Um, so yeah, that year was, was a lot of that, you know, I was like having boyfriends again. And like, I was doing all of the, you know, dressing more feminine and doing all these things mm -hmm. uh, because I was in that period of denial and I didn't want to accept that. Okay. This is who I am. You know what I mean? And these yeah. things. Um, are, are, are more fitting for me, you know? Um, so that's what that year was. And I think like, I was really feeling like a lot of discomfort with, with that um, presentation and, and kind of um, trying to be, trying to fit into that, that mold, you know, like I'm saying, and it was causing a lot of sadness and, and kind of like uh, the pressure for me um, because I felt like, okay, well, I'm really doing all of this and it just doesn't feel authentic, you know? Yeah. Um, so going into the next year, the eighth, my eighth grade year is kind of when I kind of like calmed it down a little bit. You know, I was still, you know, presenting more feminine, but it was a lot less like overt, like it was the year before, you know. Um, and I was, again, just trying to figure out, OK, what what is what is going on? You know, what is what is happening? Because yeah. this is not feeling like me, you know, and I'm I'm caught in between all of these different things. Um, and I just really feel unhappy. You know, I just really felt horrible and like unhappy with with myself you know um and I think then then you know the transition into high school was like really tough for me it was really 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 difficult um my my freshman year and sophomore year was really difficult because I was you know high school is its own thing right you're, you're entering from you know into a different phase in life essentially as a young person um so having to navigate like sexuality gender presentation like on top of all that was a lot you know what I mean because I'm being thrown into these new social environments and I'm yeah. trying to find you know my place within them you know um in a way that feels true to what to me you know and, and that it doesn't feel like I'm pretending to be somebody I'm not um but at the same time I want to make friends right and I want to I want to be you know able yeah, to yeah. here so I feel like I was trying to navigate all of those things and having to sacrifice or at least felt like there was a pressure to sacrifice certain pieces of myself if that makes sense so um yeah so I I think like those were the hardest years in terms of like mental health wise um high school you know I really went through depression really really bad you know like I would you know be sleeping hours um you know for long periods of time throughout the day, I would hardly get out of bed, you know, um, when I was home. And it was just really overall really, really bad. And, you know, I think my mom was very concerned during that time because she didn't understand what was happening with me. 
um, or how to help me, right? Um, so that was just a period of, of, I would say it was really, really tough during that time um, because I didn't have the language to name what I was experiencing. I just knew I was experiencing something and that didn't feel like me, you know, and I just felt all of these pressures um, that were being put on me from different different places, you know, and I just felt like it was too much to handle. Um, and I don't even know how I like stumbled on this, but I know I was on like YouTube or something. And then like, I saw, I don't even know how this popped up, but like, I saw like a video of like FTM, like some, something, right. Yeah. And then I watched it and I'm like, whoa, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, yeah, I was like, whoa, this is like, granted it was a white, a, a white trans yeah. man, but I was like, whoa, this is like what I'm what I'm feeling, you know what I mean? This is how I'm feeling. Um, because the person was uh describing their journey, you know, into into um into realizing that they were trans, you know, and things like that. And I was like, what whoa, this is like exactly how I'm feeling. You know what I mean? And I think that was the first time I had clarity on what was happening. And I think that was the first time I had language to describe what I was going through as well. Um yeah. So after that moment, I was like, okay, now I know this is happening. You know, this is what it is. You know, um, and I think I put sexuality on the back burner. I'll talk about that later. But like, because for me, genuine was the main was the main kind of point of tension for me. Um, and I think once I had that language, I, I understood. Okay, this is this is what's going on. Um, and then the next piece that came with that is okay. Well, what do I, what do I, you know, what do I want to do about that? Yeah. You know, again, I had a new a, another period of denial, right? Not wanting to 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 accept that this is who I am. Um, and kind of being angry, I think, as well. There was some anger built into that, you know, like, damn, why couldn't I just have been normal? You know what I mean? Like, why does this have to happen to me? You know, why do I have to be like this? You know? Um, so it was that frustration. Um, and then ultimately, you know, kind of acceptance that this is what it was. But I think that accept acceptance kind of came towards my like uh junior, end of junior year, senior year of high school when I accepted, okay, this is what I want, this is who I am, this yeah. is how I want to kind of address it. Um but yeah, and then I, I think I came out to my mom about it when I was a sophomore. When I was a sophomore, I came out to my family about it. Well, my mom first, and then my family, the rest of my family a little down down the line. Like sophomore in, in high school? In high school, yeah. Oh. Yeah, in high school. And it, it was kind of like, she, you know, my mom is a lesbian. So I wasn't too, I was still scared. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah, still scared. But, you know, I don't know. I, I I think that gave me a little bit more comfort to bring that to her because she was, or she is queer, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, so that made me a little more comfortable in, in kind of saying this is, this was happening. Um, but yeah, but kind of like there was still, you know, she, she still kind of had, um, trouble understanding because, you know, she's, she's still cis at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. So it was still kind of a, a, a gap there in understanding, but she was overall pretty accepting. Um, and she was like, you know, I just want you to kind of, um, you know, think more about this kind of a thing and like what you want to do about it, you know, and yeah. I really don't, you know, she was saying she wanted, she wanted me to wait until I was 18 to make like any decisions kind of a thing. And like, I think like, I think what I was thinking as well is like, socially, I didn't want to transition until I left high school because yeah. the kind of school I went to was, um, it was one of those, it, it wasn't necessarily like a continuous school, like you had to like go from K through uh, high school, 
but you could, right? So they had like an elementary school, middle school, and a high school. So I was going to basically the same system of schools for all 13 years. Um, so that meant like a lot of kids um, knew me and I knew a lot of kids um, because many kids did the same thing. They went from K to 13, uh, to yeah. senior year. So I just felt like it would be a lot to like have to explain, you know what I mean? I didn't want to have to like deal with the questions of like, oh, why are you using this name now? Why are you using these pronouns now? You know, I didn't want to yeah. have to go through all that. So I was like, you know what? I just want to wait until I leave here um, to to really begin to socially transition and physically uh, transition as well. Yeah, no, um, like I'm, I'm glad that like, I guess towards, um, you know, as sophomore and junior year that things we're getting better in the sense of like you knowing um, why you was feeling certain ways and like how, you know, what would, you know, what would make me most comfortable, you know, mm-hmm. with your own um, body and like how do you feel about yourself as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad, you know, that he was able to stumble onto that video that explained everything. I feel like um the lack of language and like the lack of like, I don't know, like, not a lot of people, like, in schools and public schools are talking about, you know, like, well, or was talking about, like, gender and um, gender identity, sexuality, and I feel like, um, and the, I feel like the most it talked about would probably be, like, um, sexuality, and it's, like, and, but it was very, like, it was very stigmatized, it was, like, it was just mm-hmm. really intense I feel like um media how media was portraying a lot of things and how schools taught it to children so like I'm I'm glad that you know part of your high like your high school years was getting better because at least she was able to talk to your family um about maybe like like this is why I've been like this or like you've seen how you know how 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 I got you know like how how bad it was for me and right um so no I'm really I'm really you know I'm really happy that like I guess like something fortunate like that just was able to help you figure out like the terminology, like I guess the ways to talk to your parents about it. Cause you know, you're still also like a sophomore, you know, so like you're trying to. Yeah, definitely. And I think like, I was definitely fortunate enough to have like a supportive family as well. You know, like I know many, many uh, queer and trans people don't have that. Right. So I was very grateful for that, um, you know, and, and kind of was allowed to, and even before I like came out, you know, I, I think I was given that space to kind of explore my my identity. And, you know, even if that was just through presentation, right? I never really got much pushback from my mom in terms of like how I presented myself. Like, so there was never like a moment where it's like, oh, you have to, you know, dress this way or you can't wear these things, right? It was, I was given that kind of flexibility and like um, agency in terms of like my own, you know, presentation. So I really think that, you know, that that kind of created a, a, you know, a safe environment for me to really like determine, okay, well, what feels right for me, you know, and what doesn't. and I think uh, I thank God that I didn't have that pressure, you know, for my parents or for my mom specifically, you know, in terms of like, you have to wear this you ha- or you have to be this way. You have to present yourself this way. This is what you have to kind of do, you know. Um, so that wasn't really there, which I'm grateful for. And then when I came out um, again, it was it was not, you know, there was no backlash there. There was no like, 
you know, you have to, yeah. you know, I'm not accepting this or, you know, whatever. So um, I'm grateful for that as well. Um, I'm, you know, it's, it's good to hear, you know, I feel like, you know, um, within the trans community and queer folks, it's like just within the community in general, um, there are, you know, like there's the stories of, you know, folks um, with like, Fam families that you know aren't so supportive right but I'm glad that um that your that your family was able to I guess support you during the time even if there were times that you felt like you know they weren't they didn't understand fully you know because right. I feel like it's also just difficult trying to explain transness and how you feel right you know just with six folks six folks in general right um and I think there's like sometimes like it, some things just click like oh, like, oh, that's, that's why, you know, or like, you know, mm -hmm. oh, that makes, you know, it just makes a lot of sense, you know, um, so I just wanted to ask, you know, before we continue on, but um, if you could state your relationship to Syracuse, like, um, what relation you had. <laughs> <laughs> you laugh because you know what I'm gonna say. I, <laughs> I think my relationship with Syracuse, like, I would say if you would ask me this question straight up after everything had went down, I would have probably started saying a lot of things, right? I would have probably been cursing up a storm and saying all this shit. But I think like, I think now that I'm kind of removed a couple few years from that experience um, and can, you know, look back and reflect from a more, I guess, uh, emotionally stable place, I would say my relationship with Syracuse, I think, it was definitely, definitely like institutionally, right? It was definitely not okay. You know what I mean? Like that shit was like very um, oppressive and, you know, just violent, you know, um, in terms of like my, the identities that I carry, right? And feeling like um, at that, you know, university that those things um, were under attack, you know, um, consistently from the administration. But I think in terms of like my experience socially and like what I've gotten from Syracuse I think the people and you know the community that I found there um really shaped who I am today you know um I would be lying if I said that experience you know our senior my senior year you know not again as you didn't shape how I think about the world and what what you know is important to me you know and even kind of some of the things that was happening before that some of the advocacy that was happening there um, I think I was definitely given a lot of different opportunities at Syracuse to meet people, um, to connect with individuals, to find community. Um, like, for example, we, you know, you're talking about the Resource Center and the Resource Center, you know, has given me exposure to a lot of different things, um, particularly through the, um, uh, the, what are the conferences called? Um, Creating Change Conferences. I, I went to two of those. Um, and in my first one that I went to, I met other Black trans folks for the first time. Like, that was the first time I ever met other Black trans folks, specifically Black trans men. And that, like, really changed, you know, a lot of things for me because I finally felt like I had someone who understood exactly what, what I was going through. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. So, um, I was able to build community through there, you know, and I'm, I'm close friends with, with, with someone um, that I met from that time too, like now, you know, so we've been friends for like five plus years, you know, so that community that I was able to get from Syracuse, um, I think 
I definitely am grateful for that. Um, and I'm glad to have had, you know, experiences um, that I, I don't think I would have had if I didn't go, right? So mm-hmm. I'm thinking of those experiences. I'm thinking of um, my abroad experience that was really, you know, one of the best times of my life, you know? So I'm thinking of different things that I was, you know, afforded at Syracuse. Um, yeah, and I'm, I, I would say I'm, I'm grateful to have that. And I think the people and the community that I was able to find um, really kind of is what is more, most important, you know, there. And I think even thinking about like before I even went, right? So Kasi, you know, that being a big thing for me and that being the reason why I was even able to go, yeah. um, um, let alone being able to finish, right? I was able to finish because I had that support from Posse. And I really think without that support system, like I, one, wouldn't have even been able to go. I wouldn't have went to college, I don't think. I, I don't think I would have went to university. And I definitely would have had trouble um, finishing, you know, if, if that was in there for me. So I really am grateful for, like I said, the support systems that I did have, um, and the people who were on my, on my side and kind of pushing me, um, and supporting me throughout. So I'm grateful for those, those individuals for sure. Um, I'm glad that you were able to have that support system. And, um, I think that your experiences, is like, it helps create, um, more connection and helps more folks like understand like how certain things might be or how you know how it was you know because I feel like at this point um, at least when you're in college you have more of a understanding of like oh this is this is what I identify as this is what um, this is what I've been like missing or this is what I haven't like understood or uh, because there was just nothing there was no one for you to talk to about specific things you know um I guess um, on that like same cycle, but just um, you've how how do you feel like your experience overall? You know, within the community, um, was at Syracuse. You know, like and you talked about different experiences that you were able to enjoy. You know, the conferences, those the conventions, and um, also you talked about like um, you went abroad, um, and like how I guess you could I guess. Talk about that. How was it going abroad? Yeah, I think like it was definitely a thing where it's like there were pockets of community, mm-hmm. you know, that I was able to find. I think still in terms of like how I was navigating things, I think, you know, I was definitely trying to figure out, you know, now, you know, now that I'm like accepting, okay, I am trans, right? I, I was trying to figure out how. I'm trying to find what I'm trying to say. So I was trying to figure out how to like what manhood looked like for me, right? You know, what mm-hmm. that looked me. Um, so socially, I would say like, I was still trying different things. I was still trying to fit in in different ways. Um, you know, I was still trying to understand who I was as a person, right, within this setting. I think it was a lot less, you know, challenging than it was in high school because now I knew, you know, okay, well, this is, um, you know, this is my identity and things like that. But I think still how that I was like, showing up as an identity, I think that was still a thing because, you know, now I was having to navigate, okay, well, is it safe for me to be um, openly trans, right, in this space? You know, um, am I going to have to, you know, be stealth, for example, or like, yeah. you know, so just trying to determine what's safe and what's not, you know, and I think like there was still that stigma, I think, that I was still trying to navigate as well because, again, like there was no real um, even though there were some support systems there, I, I still didn't really have a community on campus, at least of like other black trans folks, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
Um, you know, so so that was kind of uh, a thing in and of itself. And I remember when I came into Syracuse, um, there was just a lot that just wasn't there um, institutionally, right? So like they didn't have a, um, a pronoun system at all. I had to really like advocate, like, hey, like I, I was like pestering um, B Gonzalez, who's like, she's a part of Posse. Um, and she, you know, I, I, she was the reason why I got accepted into Posse, right? So I was really close with her and I was like, hey, you know, like, this is a big thing, you know, that I I, I need, you know, because I'm feeling like in classes, you know, like they're calling me by my, by this name that I don't identify as no more, you know, and uh, I just really need help, you know, in terms of like navigating all of these things, you know, so there wasn't that there, like there wasn't a naming system at all in the beginning. There was definitely not nothing to like put your pronouns on, you know, so yeah, to navigate that in classes, but also like you know, when I go to, you know, the bursar, when I do this or when I do that on campus, you know, there was a lot of barriers there. Um, and then as well, there was, uh, in terms of like housing was a thing that I had to navigate to, right? Cause we have to stay in dorms, you know, freshman and sophomore year um, and their gender dorms, right? There was, yeah. I, I think there, they were, I don't even know if, I think there was the, the LGBTQ floor, but I didn't know that until it was too late, you know? So I was like, okay, this yeah. Thing for me anymore um so having to navigate that too um yeah it's just and just kind of trying to find community initially was was challenging because like the center you know i think they were trying to um to do more um kind of outreach in terms of like making their presence known on campus at that time so there wasn't that much i guess kind of draw to the uh the resource center um so not a lot of folks were like involved and things like that um, so that was kind of hard too, um, but I did, you know, connect with some of the staff that was working there, so it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I would say like it was challenging to try to find community and to still try to yeah. navigate things, um, especially navigating that institution as a Black trans man, you know, um, that was hard. Um, and then navigating things socially as a Black trans man was difficult as well because I felt like I was definitely trying, trying to fit into like heteronormativity, you know what I mean, and trying to. Yeah. Um, present myself in a certain way that wasn't necessarily authentic. Um, but I think, again, you know, part of that, too, was trying to figure out what was safe and what was not, you know what I mean? So, like, is this safe for me to be, like, openly queer, openly trans, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but for the most part, it kind of wasn't um, because I didn't know anybody that was, you know what I mean? So I was like, I'm, I'm going to assume it's not safe because there's no yeah. one that's openly doing this, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um so yeah, those things were kind of kind of uh kind of more challenging um there. Um yeah, and I, I don't know where I was going with that. I forget what, what was the question again. Oh no, no. I was um no, it's I'm glad you was able just to talk about how it was, you know, um back then because I know, you know, there I think when I first was a freshman, there still wasn't like a lot of um there wasn't a lot. Um yeah, there wasn't a lot. You know, I don't know if there's a better way to phrase that. But um, I feel like once COVID hit and, you know, after not getting a shoe, I feel like they had to make more of an effort to do, like, mm -hmm. basic, general, basic good. <laughs> and um, and this could mean anything, like, you know, like, providing more aid to students, like, opening, like, more programs or providing more funding for scholarships. Um, Definitely um having you know pronouns and, and like allowing to change your name but there is like 
I feel like there's still limitations. You know, there's still harm. Like when Versar, like you get a bill from the Versar, it's it's gonna be your dead name. I like right. I feel like it, it's like right. It's like yeah. um yeah. It's like they give you like a cookie and yeah. you're, and reminding then, me. you're reminding me like I I remember like it was medically transitioning was like like finding resources in Syracuse mm -hmm. was really tough as well because the resource center um they did what they could right but but they didn't really know too many places of okay well maybe you can go here and try this space out but it wasn't like necessarily like a full like okay well these are the places you can go to for you know um hormone therapy or this is the process you know what I mean so I had yeah. to that whole process kind of by myself you know what I mean so I had to figure out okay I need I need to like get a letter right from a therapist, which is bullshit, right? I need to get a letter from a therapist at the time, right? That's what it was. I need to get a letter from a therapist. So I had to enroll in therapy at Syracuse. I need to find a place that does, you know, hormone, hormone uh, therapy, had to find Planned Parenthood. Um, but there's multiple ones in Syracuse and there was only a specific one at the time that was doing it. Um, so I had to make an appointment, right? I have to do all of these things. I have to give my consent. I have to go through, like, talk to a doctor. I have to, mm -hmm. basically, there were so many steps, right? And I had to basically research all of that by myself. Um, so figuring out what I needed documents-wise um, and trying to figure out which places offered, you know, medical support to help me transition. Mm -hmm. um, and also figuring out insurance. And it was like a mess. I tell you, it was a mess. Um, and, you know, when I was abroad, one of the things, like I loved being abroad, it was, it was dope. One of the things that was like a huge headache was during that time, I was trying to switch my insurances from, I was on my mom's, but my mom's didn't have, you know, uh, the coverage that I needed to be able to get top surgery, for example. Yeah. So I was trying to switch insurances to the school's insurance. That was a fucking nightmare. That was like a nightmare. I had to make calls like every other day, try to really like, I was doing a thousand things trying to, mm -hmm. trying to switch. Um, so it was like, a, I would say from a medical standpoint, like that was really hard at the time. I don't think there was really a, a real roadmap or a guide on like what to do or what uh, what resources were out there. I, I, I felt like I had to really find them myself and um, really try to like parse through like all the legal language and like try to figure out like, okay, well, this is what I need to do. These are the documents I need, et cetera. Um, and actually during that time, sophomore year, I, um, I had a legal name change too. So I was navigating that shit too. Um, and then like navigating that with the school. Cause it's like, all right, now my name is legally changed. Right. So now y'all asses can't name me no more. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So like, let's update it. You know what I mean? But even updating it was not an easy process. Cause it would be updated in this one place. And then my, my dad name would pop up in another place. I'm like, what the fuck? Like I gave y'all my papers, whatever. So yeah. just like all of those different <laughs> It was, I would say, yeah, Syracuse was not, was not um, equipped to really deal with supporting trans students. I think a lot of that work was put on the shoulders of trans students to navigate all of these different frameworks, like mm -hmm. legal frameworks, medical frameworks individually, you know, um, and try to figure out how to um, be authentic to themselves in that space, you know, um, and to be recognized as who you are, right? not just like socially, but also like, okay, the institution, you, you have to recognize me as me, you know? Um, so th there were some concerns there. Um, and I even had some concerns like, damn, is my, is my um, 
degree going to be in my dead name, even though I've updated this, you know what I mean? Like several yeah. times before. my slice is saying it's updated, but I'm still seeing things that's not. So it's like, there were so many different pieces, I think, um, when it comes to, I guess, institutionally, what resources weren't there, um, at least during my time, and, and just kind of like having to navigate all of that alone was really challenging. Um, and I, it felt isolating, too, because I'm like, damn, I got to go through all this kind of by myself um, and try to make make do, you know, uh, with with my own research skills. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. That was a problem. Yeah, no, um... I like, I guess um I I heard of, cause I I haven't you know legally changed my name um but I heard of, like a lot of times like um the difficulties it is just because like even after you do it, um there's still mm-hmm. places that aren't changing records or aren't like and it's and it's and not even a, a name change it's could be as it was just like changing the sex from F to M. And yeah. it takes forever for you to rechange the box that you could just check off, you know. And I, it's um, I think Syracuse just doesn't. I feel like you know they they try to pride itself on like being inclusive and like supportive, but then there is like a lot of like just lack of that said support. Um, and not allowing students the space to like explain or just like you know like you're not really listening to like what we've been saying if we're still having the same problems like over and over again Um, exactly and you know students marginalized students know what they need you know what i mean and it's been like the same you know we've experienced this where it's like we say what we need right and then the university is like we hear you yeah (laughs) and it's the same issues over and over again you know what i mean like people have been saying you know, the things that they need, um, you know, and have been advocating for those things for years, you know what I mean, decades. So um, it's really not a lack of knowing, it's a lack of like not being committed enough to those students to really make the changes happen that, you know, um, best support them, you know, and like you were saying, name change is a big thing, you know, gender markers are a big thing, you know, Um, and those are the most important things to making sure that, um, trans students feel validated and, 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 and seen and safe on campus, right? And when those two things are not able to happen, um, it causes a lot of, you know, dysphoria and discomfort and, you know, it makes you feel alienated on campus and like you don't belong there. Yeah. Um, so really, it's, it, it could be simple um, and it doesn't have to be a whole, you know, um, kind of like painstaking process, right? For the trans individual when it's like, okay, well, what are the supports that we can provide as an institution to y'all? You know, yeah. that should always be kind of the the uh the uh the 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 primary move there, but you know, I could say what you know, <laughs> you're already know, so yeah. <laughs> um yes, we could say a lot probably. <laughs> um I guess some something I guess we could uh, talk about your experience, something, you know, it's still positive instead of focusing on SU itself, but um um, how was your study abroad? You know, because you also said that um, this was during the time you was navigating, you know, like insurance changes and legal name changes. So, like, was that um, difficult or, you know, how was it? Because, like, um, yeah. I know of, like, some trans folks that, like, when they try to study abroad, they try to bring, like, a vial to make it last, you know, or just how, or what, just how was it in general? Yeah, so, yeah, definitely... I was definitely trying to figure out all of those things like, okay, 
I need, you know, a supply for the next five, six months, right? I need um, to make sure I have my passport, but I don't want my passport to say like that name, right? I don't want my password to say the wrong gender marker, right? So how do I um, try to, you know, fix those things? That way it's not an issue. Like if I'm going through customs, right? Um, I don't want to be stopped from customs. I was really worried because, you know, at the time I didn't have top surgery um, and I was wearing a binder. So I'm like, okay, well, Am I going to have to, you know, am I going to be flagged, you know, when I go through security because I'm wearing a binder, right? Um, I, yeah, so I was trying to figure all of those things out and I'm like, okay, well, is my packer going to be a problem? Like all of these things, like it's yeah. just, like, you know, real concerns, you know what I mean? And I'd be feeling like, damn, like nobody understands about the trans people, you know what I mean? Like airports are a scary thing, you know, um, for trans folks for all of those reasons, right? And I think, um. I was like trying to minimize those risks as much as possible. Um, so prior to me going, I was really researching um, ways that I could like get a supply for tea prior to uh, leaving, you know, because I knew, you know, if I was in Hong Kong, I probably wouldn't have been able to get my scripts filled. So I needed to have a supply that lasted. So I just kind of talked to my um, doctor and things like that. And they, I was able to get it. Um, and also they wrote me like a note, a letter saying like, okay, well, this is, um, this is, you know, it's needed for this reason. They didn't explicitly name that I was like transitioning, but they said, this is a supply that is approved by a doctor, et cetera. That way, you know, they wouldn't see all of these vials and be like, what the hell, what, what you doing? You know, and these needles too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, <laughs> so <laughs> what's going on, you know? Um, so yeah, thankfully, you know, my, my um, doctor's office was really understanding with that. So they wrote me a letter saying that all of these supplies were needed for me. Um, another thing that happened too was um, I had a letter um, I, from when I legally transitioned, um, uh, you know, at least my, my changed my name and got my gender marker changed. I had to get a letter from my doctor saying, this 